For the past few weeks, we've been looking at the fact that Jesus is more than a cultural icon, that Jesus comes to us not as an image or a picture, but Jesus comes to us rather through a relationship. And he shares that relationship with us as our friend and our teacher and as our Savior. In the last three weeks, that's what we've looked at. In fact, if you've missed those particular sermons, you can hear them online at our website or through our mobile app. But today, we want to look at the idea of Jesus as our Lord. I want to start by reading a passage of Scripture from Luke chapter 24. It says, On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. Today is Easter, and today is a joyous day. It's a day that we celebrate the resurrection of our risen Lord Jesus Christ. Death is defeated. And so we come here today with this wonderful hope for a future because Jesus Christ through his rising from the dead, has defeated our ultimate enemy, which is death. And we've celebrated that today in a great way. But what I want to talk about today for us and how we look at our lives in light of this resurrection is to look at it in the sense of how do we move beyond Easter? In other words, What happens tomorrow, and what happens the next day, and what happens the next day until Easter rolls around again next year? I think it's a very appropriate day for us to look at the fact that this risen Christ is indeed the Lord, and he wants to be the Lord of our lives. Because you see, the the empty tomb is, is just not a miracle show that comes to town once a year. The Easter story is about God's desire to come in and not just to give us salvation, but it's about how he wants to be the Lord of our lives and how he wants us to live our lives in that light. Also, we just need to realize that it takes more for us to allow Jesus to become our Lord than just to gaze at the empty tomb. Because we can gaze at the empty tomb, we can be amazed at the empty tomb, but none of that will allow Jesus to become the Lord of our lives. As we've looked at in the past few weeks, we enjoy a relationship with Jesus as our friend. And and we marvel at his teaching when he comes to us as a teacher. And we also, when we consider his death for us, when he comes to us as a savior, we just stand amazed in his presence and wonder how he could love us so much. But when it comes to the idea of Jesus being our Lord, for somehow that causes us difficulty. I think one of the reasons is... H.A.A. Kennedy wrote over a century ago is the idea that the term Lord has become one of the most lifeless in the Christian vocabulary. 
And I would venture to say that not much has changed since he wrote those words in 1903. Because most Christians will be quick to say that Jesus is Lord. And Jesus' Lord rolls easily off our tongues when we sing to him. And the idea of Jesus being our Lord comes into our prayers because many of us begin our prayers with Lord. We think it, we say it, we sing it, and we pray it. But there's a huge difference between singing it, believing it, praying it, than there is to actually allow Jesus to become the Lord of your life. For a lot of folks, what happens is Jesus, instead of becoming the Lord of our lives, just becomes the most beloved figure of our faith. Kind of like our spiritual superhero. He's greatly admired by us. But what he wants to do is to actually become the Lord of our lives. So we really need to have a grasp of what that means. And we're going to talk about here, that here in just a little bit. But another difficulty we have with the phrase Jesus is Lord is it's offensive to a lot of folks. That term Jesus is Lord can be offensive. Because Michael Bird has said to confess that Jesus is Lord is to announce that he is Lord of all. And that really stirs up a hornet's nest. Because it offends the political and the politically correct because to say that Jesus is Lord of all is to say that Jesus has authority and that Jesus cannot be curtailed by politicians or by special interest groups or anybody else who wants to tell him what area of life that he can give us advice or be involved in. It offends other religions many times because the implication of Jesus being Lord also implies that all religions are not equal. And it offends those who believe in moral relativism because when you say Jesus is Lord, the implication is is, is that there is one source of truth and that right and wrong does exist in our society. And it offends those who want to control their own lives because we like to be the master of our lives. We like to be the lords of everything in our lives our bodies, our possessions. But Jesus is not coming to us trying to just have a majority of our lives. What Jesus is trying to do is to come to us and be the Lord of our lives and thereby have a complete monopoly. And all of those things are offensive a lot of times. And what happens is we shy away, not just from references of Jesus, but certainly as Jesus as our Lord because we we don't want to offend anybody. Oddly enough, it can even offend our own uh, American way of life if you think about it because uh, Americans do not live in a monarchy. Uh, There is not a one-person rule system in our society. We live in a representative republic, and I am greatly thankful for that. But I only mention that to point out that not only are Americans averse to this one-person rule idea, but also they don't even have a practical reference point about its application in lives. But when we say that Jesus is Lord, what we mean, or what we should mean, is that Jesus is indeed Lord of everything. 
He is Lord of politics. He is Lord of religion. He is Lord of economics. He is Lord of ethics. He is Lord of our minds. He is Lord of our bodies. He is Lord of our possessions. He is Lord of the church. He is Lord of everything. When we proclaim Jesus is Lord, we are making the bold statement that Jesus Christ, the risen Lord, is Lord of everything. Not just a few things. To say that Jesus is Lord is to proclaim him as God, but also as the supreme authority in our lives and in our circumstances. So, am I saying that Easter should cause us to be kind of the in-your-face Christians as we go about living our lives? If we allow Jesus to become the Lord of our lives, does that mean we have to be confrontational? Not that at all. Actually, it's quite the opposite. Because allowing Jesus to be the Lord of our life is not about pronouncements, it's not about confrontation, and it's not about proclamation. It's actually about something totally different. Allowing Jesus to be the Lord of our life certainly starts with accepting him as our Savior and allowing him to come into our life. But we need to move beyond accepting him as our Lord and Savior and allow him to become our Lord. To find out how we need to do that, I want to look at a passage from Philippians. Philippians chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. Paul writes, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and one in mind, and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. To say Jesus is Lord is not just making a theological statement. To say Jesus is Lord is not a battle cry. To say Jesus is Lord is all about allowing his mindset to be ours. That's what it's about. So, if that's the case... What is the mindset of Christ? Very simply, the mindset of Christ, it's, it's a willingness to give up our rights in order to obey God and to serve others. Here's what Paul says beginning in verse 6. He has just said that we should have the same mindset as Christ, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Who is this Jesus? He says, being in the very nature God. In other words, Existing in the form of God, 
in his essential attributes. In his pre-incarnate state, Christ possessed the attributes of God. But what Paul says here is that he didn't consider his equality with God as a prize to be held on to. That's what that means. He didn't consider that as a prize to be held on to. So what did he do? It says he made himself nothing. Some translations say he emptied himself, laying aside his independent use of his attributes as God. Not his nature. He continued to be the son of God. But he gave up his environment of glory. He became a man. He was fully God, and he was fully man. But in his body, as a man, he went through the same things that we go through in life. He knew the same struggles. He knew temptation. He knew what it was like to be abandoned. He knew what it was like to lose friends. He knew what it was like to lose a loved one. He knew all of those things in that body. But he also used that body to be a servant. And he took that body to the cross. And he willingly died for us. So what does it look like in us? If we're going to allow God to be, uh, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord of our lives, how in the world does that work with us? You said we're to have his mindset, but my goodness, I think about my own life, I'm not God. So therefore, I can't empty myself of anything that is even close to what he emptied himself of. I, I just can't do that. I'm certainly not sinless. He died for my sins. I sin. And I'm not able to die for the sins of the world. But here's the good news for us. Because allowing Jesus to be Lord is about our mindset, not about our ability. It is a willingness, a willingness to give up our rights in order to obey God and to serve others. And my actions, my actions will give evidence. It will either confirm or deny whether or not the mindset of Christ is alive and working in me. My actions will be evidence whether or not I have the mind of Christ. Because if Jesus is Lord, according to what Paul says here, I will not do anything out of selfish ambition if Jesus is, is Lord and if I have his mind. I won't try to do anything to impress others. I will be humble. I will value others. In fact, I will value others above myself. I will have an intense interest in other people and in helping them. And I will have the mind of Christ in my relationships because I will be more interested in my relationships in loving others and putting them first than I will getting my own way and fighting for that own way. Now, any ability, 
any ability that we need in our lives will come from the power of Christ working in us. So we need to ask ourselves today, think back on your actions from the past week, the past month, the past year. Do your actions show evidence that you have the same mind as Christ? That you have a willingness to give up your own rights to obey God and to serve others? Ask yourself. Because that's the easiest way to determine if you do or if you don't. Examine your actions. Examine your priorities to find out if your actions and your priorities equal what Christ would have you to do if you indeed have his mindset. When we think about Jesus and his position as Lord, it's a position that, that he deserves. It's one that he deserves more than anything in our lives. He deserves the position. Listen to what Philippians, beginning in verse 9 of chapter 2 says. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Here is something that is extremely important for you to know. It's important for me to know. Our job is to allow Jesus to become the Lord of our lives by acquiring his mindset and by being obedient. Our job is to allow that. Our job is not to make Jesus the Lord of anybody else's life. Our job is not to make Jesus the Lord of our community. Our job is not to make Jesus the Lord of the United States. Our job is not to make Jesus the Lord of the world. We don't make Jesus the Lord of anything. God does that. God gives him the position. Paul says God exalted him. Not us. God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. He's not waiting to be declared Lord by us. He's already been declared Lord. He is Lord. The question for us is, are we willing to allow his lordship in our lives? And everyone has to answer that individually. It's not a corporate decision. You can't just say, well, because I'm a member of Clarksburg Baptist Church, then Jesus is the Lord of my life. Nothing could be farther from the truth. It's an individual decision. Now, there will be a corporate time where everyone will recognize it. We just read that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus is Lord. The writer is looking to a future day. He has this wonderful opportunity. When Paul writes this, the resurrection has happened. He's looking back through the resurrection, through the death of Jesus, through his life. He's looking back at all of what God had planned. He's looking at it from that angle. And guess what? You and I have the opportunity to look at it from that angle as well. But what he's saying here about the second coming 
is the idea that at the second coming, everyone will recognize and acknowledge Jesus as Lord. He says that the angels and the saints in heaven will do that. He says that everyone on earth will bow before him. He says that those who are under the earth, the devil, the demons, and all those who are in hell will bow before him. Everyone, everyone will recognize that Jesus is Lord. Now, that doesn't mean that everybody will be saved in the end. Doesn't mean that at all. That's not what Scripture teaches. That's not what the Bible teaches. Jesus himself said that not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. The point is that every day, that someday, everyone will recognize and acknowledge Jesus as the Lord and the true ruler of the universe. The only question is, will it be a joyous day? Or will it be a day of defeat and remorse? Easter certainly calls us to celebrate. But Easter calls us to move beyond the celebration to make some decisions about our own lives. And Easter is a great opportunity for us to do that. When we look back through the resurrection and when we look back through what Jesus did when he humbled himself for us, it's a great opportunity. But Easter challenges us to take Jesus seriously in our lives. When we really look at who he is at what he did for us, when we look at the power of the resurrection and we realize that, that that power can be available in us on a daily basis, it causes us to stop and make a decision about who Jesus is and do we really take him seriously. It also calls us to decide if he was just a man or if he was really God. It also causes us to decide, is he the savior of the world or if he isn't? If he didn't rise from the dead, if he is not God, if he's not the savior of the world, then Easter is a charade. And it's an utter waste of our time. On the other hand, if he is God, then what we need to do is stop messing around with our commitment to him. We may have accepted him as our Lord and Savior, but we've never really allowed him to become the Lord of our life. We've never developed his mindset. We accepted his gift of salvation, but we go along merrily on our own. Easter is a day where we need to stop playing around and make a firm commitment not just to accept his salvation, but to follow him and allow him to be the Lord of our life. What about you? If you've never known Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, today is a day of good news for you. Because Jesus Christ died for the sins of the world and you don't have to clean up your life to come to him and to accept the salvation. In a few minutes we're going to sing and if you, if you wonder about a relationship with Christ and how you can have it, 
in your life, I'd love to tell you about that. But for those of us who have that relationship, today is a day of decision for us as well. Because we have to decide, are we going to allow Jesus to truly be the Lord of our life? Or is he going to just be somebody that we admire? The decision's yours. Let's pray.